Today is our season finale. This episode is really special and it brings to a close our spring season. I'm heading off to Maine for a while this week and I hope your summers are filled with mysterious adventure and new experiences and just everything you want. In addition to our plentiful archive, we will continue to release a couple bonus episodes this summer on our Patreon, which is Sliding Scale. So if you want to hear those episodes, you can. We will return, hopefully with a new ghost book or two, at summer's end, ready to take you through fall. So folks, until next time. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other supposedly true scary stories. Mm-hmm. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Campbell. And today is... <gasps> oh, Incredibly different. My microphone. <laughs> no different. So I don't know what has been in the air lately. Probably the astonishing heat. But <sighs> I have been in such a Halloween mood lately. It's always around this time that it sort of like perks back up. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. because I'm growing my pumpkins again. It's like pumpkin season. (gasps) I love that. Yeah. So like I feel like as the leaves grow, get bigger, sort of my interest and feeling Mm -hmm. for Halloween stuff gets bigger. And so I've been satisfying that by doing my typical watching Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes, mm. which yes. just are everything to me. <laughs> Classic, yeah. And um, and also, I've been watching some like of the weirder Disney Channel original movies <gasps> that that like oh. I literally haven't seen since they were on Disney Channel. Oh my god, which ones? I watched Stepsister from Planet Weird. Never seen that one. It is about. Uh, like a windsurfing girl in Southern California whose divorced mom starts dating a guy who's pretty unusual. (laughs) And it turns out that the guy is an alien and his daughter, they're both aliens, and they come, it's an incredibly creative movie. They come from a planet where everything is like, almost like crystalline and pink and all of the people oh. are bubbles. And they I'm, just like, I'm looking at a picture of the bubble people. Yeah, they exist in a gaseous state. Oh. And his daughter, who they call Ariel, is like really not a fan of like having a carbon-based physical body. You know, she just like finds it gross and annoying and everyone's so oh ugly. God. And like, of course, but she shows up at high school and uh, everyone is like instantly obsessed with her, even though she's like super weird and quirky. And of course, our protagonist, windsurfing girl, is like, mm. she's like not even from this planet. And then, of course, they find out she is not from this planet and they are bubble people. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's an amazing fever dream of a movie, but I think it is actually way funnier and more creative than it has any right to be. Like, it, oh my God. It's truly. I have to watch this. It's truly wonderful. Like they keep their like tagline, the alien father and daughter, their tagline is uh, we're from the Yukon. And then it cuts away to the image of the Yukon, which is like, <laughs> like population <laughs> low, like no one is from the Yukon. <laughs> and I love like a cutaway yes. whenever someone makes an offhand comment and the cutaway is something deranged. It's so funny. Any other recommendations? 
I really can't go farther than that because I want to stay on aliens mm. because <gasps> this is our <laughs> this is my alien episode of oh the my season. God. I do have new alien news. I don't know if you've heard about the singing black hole. This is in real life. This is real. Okay. There is a black hole that NASA has been researching for a couple years, and we've got a picture of it, and they've had this audio coming from it, which is strange because as far as we've known, there's no sound in space. You can't hear anything in space. Mm -hmm. But there's been a sound emitted from this black hole, which black holes are like, they have their own fucking science. And we, it's like 60 octaves higher than humans can hear. So we've mm -hmm. tried, we've finally replicated it to where we can hear it. And it's the scariest noise on the planet. It's like... In the galaxy. <laughs> it is so terrifying. And it's been doing it for like 200 billion years or something. It's crazy. I was hoping it sounded like a theremin. Just like... There's a version out there that people hear that's got like violins and harps and shit. And I think that's just people making a true song to the growling. So if you hear that, there's not instruments coming from the black hole. That's not the right audio. I don't know. Something weird about that feels good. I'm just right? like, mm, the Sound gaping out there. ball of the universe. <laughs> I love it. She speaks. There's something appealing about how twisted and fucked up it is. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not here, thank God. All right, well, let's dive deeper since we're already on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm using the wonderful new show that I discovered, Famously Afraid. <gasps> Hal Sparks is who we're talking about. Google a picture of him. Okay. He says, <laughs> it is statistically impossible for us to be alone in the universe. Actor, writer, and television personality Hal Sparks first took the stage as a stand-up in high school and is now best known for his appearance in the groundbreaking show Queer as Folk. He says our tale begins in the late 70s. He grew up in Peaks Mill, Kentucky. There are no playgrounds, nothing for kids. He spent all his time running around just the beautiful Appalachian woods and fields and creeks with his kid friends, just totally unattended. So one day, he's eight years old at his two friends' house. And next to his house is a very Kentucky field, hilly and rolling. It's like 10 p.m. They're eight. Parents are nowhere to be found. They're hanging out and watching cartoons. The TV is sitting right next to the window, and you can see out into the field next to the house from that window. They're all watching, and simultaneously, they all sort of tilt their little heads towards something out the window over the field. A cigar-shaped orange craft of some kind appears in the distance, starts like zipping around the sky, they all look at each other, look back at it, and it stays still, hovering. Huh. They're all Star Wars fans at this point. Star Wars have, like, just come out. And they just, like, all agree that it had to be a UFO, and they all start racing outside to go and take, <gasps> get a bigger look at it. Brave to go little and toasters. Get oh, my a, God. Get a look at it. They are some brave little <laughs> toasters. So they all race outside. They're running as fast as they can to keep up with this thing. 
but it just sort of stays still just like kind of forever in the distance the same size like they can't gauge how big it is or how far away from it they are like it stays like a half inch in the distance Mm -hmm. as they're running towards it in this field Mm -hmm. they're all barreling towards it and then they're back in the tv room and none of them know what happened in between they were running and then they were laying inside the tv room (gasps) i've got goosebumps i'm an avid believer in aliens this is crazy everyone is like wait what just happened they're sitting there stunned they talk about it they sort of ask each other what the others had seen and these kids are eight years old these are very young kids there was just a gap between running into the field, being back inside, nobody could explain. There was nothing filling it. That's so crazy. Were all of them came back? They weren't missing anybody? Nope. Okay, all of them came back. <sighs> he was more amazed than afraid at the time. And it wasn't until he was an adult that it became, like, sort of scary to think about. Yeah, that's terrifying. Flash forward a couple years. It's <gasps> 1993. He's living out in L.A. trying to get work. And he gets a job as an assistant to a science fiction screenwriter. He's basically a research assistant for the screenwriter. He's always been a big fan of science fiction. He was named after the computer in 2001 Space Mm. Odyssey. That's why he's named Hal. There you go. So it's very much in his blood to be interested in science fiction stuff. He's sent on a mission to find every book about aliens interacting with humans that he can possibly find. Oh, my God. This what is, a task. <laughs> yeah, this is the early 90s, so this is going to be like physical physical accounts of, of oh alien God. encounters. So he takes this giant stack of books he finds about alien encounters back to his place. Every piece of classic UFO information that anyone with a fascination with aliens will be very familiar with. They've all read this stuff. He's reading about people being taken, tested, impregnated, all this stuff, getting ever so slightly paranoid as he is doing all of this research. (laughs) And it suddenly occurs to him that what happened to him as a kid might have in some way been part of an abduction. He had never thought about it in an alien, in an alien context before. It was just like a weird situation that happened. Like he didn't think about it in an alien way. Yeah. Just a, just a glitch in the matrix. So and then now he's reading all these all these <gasps> alien books and like Project Blue Book and the rest. And then he's like, what if what if that was oh my god. <gasps> oh my god. That's so, a lot of that's a lot to unpack. So in the stack of stuff he bought, he gets to the final sort of piece that I think he probably went to like a used bookstore or just mm. some I, I don't know where you would even go to get Oh, I bet alien. if any any of you guys went to your local half price books, there'd be some real winners in there. But in the early nineties, like That'd I'm not harder. sure where you would source like yeah. like I don't know that Barnes and Noble would be able to Mm-mm. get you that. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got he reaches his sort of final piece of source material. And it's a really obscure manuscript that looked like it had been printed from a Xerox machine and held together with like those little metal brads. Mm -hmm. 
the copy he got looked like somebody had like really been through it like it was dog-eared it was crinkled like (laughs) you know like somebody else had gone down that path it was written by someone who called themselves commander x oh yeah baby (laughs) who was a former air force colonel allegedly And, like, knows the whole plot. How the military communicates with aliens. All of it. Every nook and cranny of how that's happening. It was stuff Hal was pretty familiar with at that point. Area 51, Roswell, that sort of stuff. But Commander X was writing about it, like, from the first person point of view. Like, he saw it. He was there. He was in the room. So he reads it cover to cover. And at the very end of the book, almost in the last paragraph, is, like, a sort of warning. It says, if you have been drawn to this kind of material about UFOs, it's more than likely that you are one of the abductees and that it runs in your family and that the aliens have been tracking your hereditary line. He says, I'm reading this. I look up and my room is stuffed with books about alien abduction. And after a while, I was like, you know what? No one in my family has ever mentioned this stuff. I'm just surrounded by it right now, so I'm just, like, getting a little loopy. It's probably nothing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so not long after this, he goes to Kentucky for Thanksgiving at his grandmother's house. And so he's sitting at his Thanksgiving dinner. And his grandma asks about, like, what he's working on. Because this is the first time since going out to L.A. he's actually gainfully employed. And he didn't have to, like, come up with, like, a cobbled together bullshit story about what's... <laughs> like, I'm in, I'm working at a coffee shop right now, but I, I'm really... I've gotten a lot of really interesting connections going, like... Fielding a lot of offers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's important when you get to L.A. to really just kind of get the lay of the land before you kind of jump into anything, you know, to... <laughs> So this is the first time he's actually employed and he can actually be like, well, Grandmama, I am assisting a very important screenwriter in a science fiction script about aliens. And she says, oh, your great grandfather would just hate that. He hated that topic. You couldn't talk to him about aliens at all. And he went, why? And she very easily, quickly tells a story about how his great-grandfather must have seen or experienced something. And she said she thought the aliens were gonna, like, enslave us or kill us. So he went out to the trunk of his car and he got a shotgun and he was gonna do us all in to save us from the alien (gasps) impact. Oh my god! Yeah. I thought he was gonna do the aliens in. Nope. He was just gonna... uh, Yeah. Very fuzzy story. Not sure on the details of that, other than something must have been going on. Oh, I'd watch that Hulu docuseries all day long. (laughs) (laughs) And then she tells the story of how she's also seen a UFO. (gasps) Also, his great uncle had seen a UFO in the 1940s. Uh, that's crazy. That's a lot of family members. What immediately runs through his head is that warning, it runs in your family line. So the fear that this is true has like lurched back into Hal's life. Because all of a sudden, two generations of his family are like, yeah, yeah, aliens all the time. 
Oh my god. Every day I see an alien. His great grandma was gonna end the family line because of it. <laughs> oh my great, god. Great grandpa. Oh, great grandpa, yeah. That has gotta be a very rare explanation for a family annihilation is to protect yeah. them from aliens. Usually apparently it's because the dad gets into some like financial trouble mm-hmm. and the family is like gonna be destitute and he just kills everyone to save them from that. I like this reason better. I do too. It's more <laughs> relatable. Aliens scary. I get it. So when he hears this at the Thanksgiving table, he's like ashen faced over his cranberry sauce, <laughs> realizing he comes from a long line of apparent abductees. <sighs> so he goes back to LA. <laughs> what else can you do, I guess? And the writer he works for is like, I can't, I'm just not able to like solidify the end of my script. Like I I just need, I need more information. I need some more inspiration for for how I'm going to pull this all together. And so he's like, go out and, and just find some more books, do some more reading. I'm sure there's some like weird little detail that can kind of pull this all together. And he's like, I've cleaned out the bookstores. Like, nobody's going to have a book that I have not bought at this point. Like, yeah. I've got them all. But he's like, just try. Just give it a try. I wonder what. I wonder if this movie ended up getting made and what it was. <laughs> oh, I wonder when, when like, the Fire in the Sky movie came out. Fire in... <gasps> Fire in the Sky is a 1993 American <gasps> biopic science fiction mystery film. <laughs> <gasps> Where can I watch it? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. Oh my god. Scriptwriter Tracy Torme. Maybe that's who he was working for. Oh, yeah. Cool. So... So he's back in LA and maybe Tracy Torme is like, I need, I need more information. <laughs> um, and so he's like, fine, I'll go back to another bookstore. And he finds one old like cloth bound edition of a book that he had never seen before. And it was not there when he had gone previously. And it was a book called The Keepers. And the name of the guy who wrote it is Jim Sparks. And then on screen, Hal, like, turns to, like, camera two, and an arrow points to him and says his name, Hal Sparks. <gasps> and he, he gives sort of, like, a gym face. Of like, <laughs> that's my name. Oh, my God. I pulled up the book, and the cover is glorious. I'm going to have to look it up myself. What? It's what? also called The Keepers, an alien message for the human race. Oh, I like the beach image. I'm going to I'm going to put that on the Instagram. I'm going to put these images. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just found the back cover of the book. I will be reading it now. Quote, "If we humans want to join the galactic neighborhood, we need to clean up our own backyard first. <laughs> totally fair (laughs) Jim Sparks has been interacting with intelligent non-human beings since 1988 unique among abductees Jim is conscious of his experiences as they happen and has approximately 90% clear recall of alien technology including time travel invisibility multi-dimensionality and manipulation of gravity and electromagnetic fields 
Everything changed for Jim after a 1996 mass abduction. Rather than being an unwilling abductee, he was initiated as a participant. It became clear to him that some extraterrestrials are concerned about the trashing of our planet. He was given the message, your planet is dying. (laughs) And he was told to instruct humanity to restore the ecological balance on Earth, grant amnesty to those who have suppressed the truth about the long-term alien presence on Earth. Oh yeah, free all of the jailed alien (laughs) truthers. Grant amnesty, they're like hanging out at their houses. Bring forth all the concealed knowledge and technologies that extraterrestrial visitors have given to humans. Free Dale Gribble. Oh my god. So he finds this book, finds that it's written by a man with his same surname, Mm -hmm. and says, at that point I could be completely forgiven for just screaming like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. (laughs) He buys it and reads it, and quote, it doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah, this research typically doesn't. Now he's thinking, if what happened to me as a kid is part of this, like, generations-long thread, what will be the next checkpoint? What will be the next encounter? And what form will it take? And then (laughs) he says, I don't want to freak out anyone who's watching this. But if you feel really drawn to this information and you watch this story several times, it may be that Commander X is talking about you. Katie, I'm drawn! (laughs) I'm drawn! (laughs) You're next! I'm looking at the reviews of the Keepers. How are they? (laughs) They are lucid, straightforward, Fine. Quote, a must read for anyone interested in the UFO abduction phenomenon hidden reality. The message the extraterrestrials have for humans is sobering and should be taken seriously. (laughs) 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 If politicians are not going to listen to scientists, what makes you think they would listen to terrifying green... Oh, wait. (laughs) I think you are on to something. Aliens. That's how we make change. I would vote. I would vote for Kang. I would. I mean, like, as a Sims player, I do specifically observe a single family. I get it. Oh, so it's like you're tracking and controlling the lives of generations of families. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you guys, that's my one... That's my one alien episode. I think I'm pretty safe from abduction because... Because I'm I'm barely called to this. I find it fascinating, but I'm also just like... Okay. Alright, you guys have a spooky night. Filled with alien dreams. Keep watching the skies. (laughs) Bye. You're next!